Hello everyone. So as some of you may know, my name is Natalie Martiniello and today I'll be presenting just a brief overview of my ICEB paper on a series of studies that I conducted as part of my doctorate in vision impairment at the University of Montreal. So up on the slide, you have the title of my presentation, Factors Contributing to Braille Reading Performance as Individuals Age. By way of background, I'm also the president of Braille Literacy Canada um, and a rehabilitation specialist here in Canada where I have taught Braille to adults and older adults with acquired vision loss. So um, what led to my interest in Braille adulthood and aging? Well, the prevalence of age-related vision loss is obviously it continues to increase, as many of us know. Um, in Canada, it's expected to double over the next 30 years. It's also projected to triple worldwide um, due to population growth, but also in particular aging. We're seeing an increase of older adults with acquired vision loss. So right now in Canada, for example, we have about 4 million um, adults with acquired vision loss and about 1 million with dual sensory or concurrent vision and hearing impairment. Um, and within this context, reading-related difficulties are the most common reason for referral to vision rehabilitation services today. And obviously, as we all know here today, Braille is one vital option available to these clients. So we're all very aware, I'm sure, of the various benefits of Braille. It's associated with higher levels of employment and income and education. Um, there's also a lot of research highlighting the benefits of active reading, like reading print or Braille, um, and how that's related to uh, higher levels of comprehension and retention. And there's also a really interesting line of research in the field of cognitive aging about the benefits of maintaining mentally stimulating activities like reading and how that can slow cognitive decline that's associated with aging. Despite all of these benefits, though, there's still quite a low referral rate uh, to Braille rehabilitation within the adult context. Um, and there's also a high level of abandonment um, of Braille among older adults who pursue Braille later in life. And normal aging, the typical aging process is associated with a variety of declines in tactile sensitivity, as many of us know, in fine motor skills and working memory. But right now we actually know very little about the extent to which that might influence your ability to read Braille or learn Braille because so much of the research in the past is focused on childhood. So there's obviously a need to uh, develop evidence-based strategies to better support these clients. So with that being said, um, as a first step, we felt that it was really important to scope the research on Braille and aging and uh, what's actually been done so far and where current knowledge gaps exist. So we conducted a scoping review um, where we synthesized available primary studies that have explored the relationship between tactile, motor, and cognitive factors that are known to decline with age and braille reading performance, as well as the instruments that have been used to measure these capacities in blind adults and the extent to which age has been considered within these investigations. 
And this resulted in about 40 articles that were published between the years of 1934 and 2019. So if we look at the kind of high level overview, what can we take away from these 40 studies? Well, obviously tactile sensitivity, motor dexterity, and cognitive factors like working memory are vital components for efficient braille reading. Um, but for the most part, many of the instruments, most of the instruments that were used to measure these capacities in these studies are, are not reliable measures of, uh, of these capacities. They've only been used in one study and they don't reliably predict braille reading performance. So what that means is that right now with the available research, um, we shouldn't be using any of these instruments, any of these assessment tools as predictors of Braille reading performance when a prospective client comes into our, our, our room, our office, um, or be using them necessarily as remedial activities to enhance these skills in older adults. Um, also, none of these studies actually explore tactile, motor, and cognitive capacities in a single sample of adult Braille learners. So this is a problem because it can really oversimplify the Braille reading process because just like print, Braille is a complex reading, uh, a complex task. It draws on multiple abilities. And so uh, by only isolating or focusing on one of these skills, you can really oversimplify what's actually happening. For example, a participant might perform poorly on a tactile sensitivity task where they're asked to differentiate between tactile symbols, not because they have reduced sensitivity, but because of an underlying cognitive impairment. And finally, there's a real emphasis in these studies on early Braille learners and on young participants. Only 13 of the studies include participants above the age of 60, although these are people who learn Braille early in life. So in a later study, I actually replicated the use of many of these instruments in a single sample of 46 Braille adult and older adult Braille learners between the ages of 23 and 88. And so the most uh, significant predictors of Braille reading performance um, were certainly um, the ensuring tactile sensitivity, so active or haptic tactile sensitivity, um, also the age at which Braille is learned and frequency of Braille usage. So tactile sensitivity um, is the greatest predictor of Braille reading performance among the other instruments that were used. And that's just because a lot of these other skills that decline with age, like working memory, you won't necessarily notice that until quite later on in life. Um, and so developing tactile sensitivity is really important. Um, and um, Frequency of Braille usage is important regardless of what age you learn Braille. And so while this might seem very obvious on the surface, it's actually really important to emphasize because in our later phases, um, many of the participants highlight that they lack opportunities to practice Braille and to use Braille often during the training process. So if we turn away from the physiological and cognitive capacities that might shape the adult Braille learning experience, uh, we also know that there are a lot, a lot of external factors that play a role as well. So next, I explored the enablers and obstacles encountered by older adults who pursue Braille training. And um, so I interviewed 14 participants from across Canada who learned Braille between the ages of 33 and 67. 
And what we learned is that the Braille learning process is characterized by a variety of personal, institutional, and social factors. So I'll just touch on a few of these points in the presentation. Um, among the personal factors that were highlighted, participants placed a lot of emphasis on um, their internalized feelings towards Braille and blindness. So unsurprisingly, uh, people who were still adjusting to vision loss were very reluctant at first to use Braille as a symbol of blindness in public. Participants also highlighted holding a variety of misconceptions that delayed their decision to learn Braille. In particular, the idea that Braille is too difficult to learn, that it's only for those who are totally blind, and that it's only for those who um, engage in very extensive reading, like reading novels. Um, and so this is a problem, obviously, because it emphasizes the need for rehabilitation professionals to ensure that these misconceptions are addressed because uh, prospective clients may be overlooking Braille just based on these misconceptions. Participants also highlighted that prior identity plays a, a very significant role in the decision to learn Braille. So in particular, uh, people who uh, identify as readers as being a core part of their identity prior to their vision loss, um, described Braille as allowing them to regain a part of themselves they feel they had lost, that physicality of reading that they won't get from other formats necessarily like audio. And so this really emphasizes the need for uh, rehabilitation specialists to consider not just what is the best format for the task, but also to recognize that reading is a holistic experience and that adults carry a lifetime of experiences with them um, when they reach your room. So if we look at the social factors, participants highlighted the response from the general public, which often led to very uncomfortable and awkward encounters. Some of us might have first-hand experiences with this. Um, but uh, another important factor that was highlighted was the lack of resources for family and friends. So support from family and friends was described as being very important, even if they're not in the room while training is taking place. Family members may hold misconceptions that will influence um, the adult learner's motivation as well. But resources for family and friends are often not available. Rehabilitation does tend to traditionally focus on the client. So this really emphasizes the need to develop that area. So at the institutional levels where we see the greatest number of barriers that were raised, in particular, participants highlighted the cost of electronic Braille displays and tied to that the lack of motivating materials for adult Braille learners. Um, and participants also talked about the restrictions that are often inherent in many funding regimes. So for example, to be eligible for Braille devices, you have to be working or studying, and that might not be the case for seniors, and certainly for those who may be in the process of losing their vision and may not be working or studying because of that. Um, the most common barrier faced in institutional factors is this perceived reluctance or stigma held by some rehabilitation professionals. Stigma towards Braille and aging that may lead them to feel reluctant to consider Braille for a prospective older adult client. So participants described this idea that because of their advanced age, there might have been this belief that they would not be able to succeed uh, to the same degree as a younger clients. 
And so this emphasizes, I think, the institutional factors in particularly should be viewed um, as a sign of optimism because these are all things that we could address at the, at the policy level. These are things that we could actually change. And then, of course, we need uh, additional research on the potential stigma or unconscious biases that rehabilitation professionals might be carrying with them into the training context. And so what I really tried to do in this very brief presentation is provide a tour of some of the research that I'm conducting. Uh, we're still in the process of doing the analysis. So in future, we'll have more information about distinctions between early and late learners of Braille, distinctions between hard copy and paper Braille reading, and also the influence of using electronic Braille displays with older adults who have reduced tactile sensitivity. So if you would like to know more about my research going forward, I invite you to contact me. I'm happy to provide more information. And I would also like to thank my um, doctoral supervisor, Dr. Walter Wittich, and all of my funders for making this research possible. I also send my greetings to everyone on the ICEB uh, planning committee. I know that it's been a very difficult time, um, but I'm very much looking forward to uh, meeting all of you virtually um, participating in October. Thank you.